0: Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. Well, if I haven't met you before, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal Church. We're so glad to have each and every one of you here this evening. And we're going to land the plane tonight on our sermon series on hearing God. We hope that this has been helpful for all y'all. As you seek to kind of understand and hear the voice of God for your own life. And uh, we're going to continue on here uh, this evening and land the plane. Uh, the first week, we talked about God being a relational God. So, God Himself is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's made for relationship. Like the essence of who God is, is relationship, right? Like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have the deepest connection, the closest relationship of anyone in the universe, and so the very image of God is relationship, and the Bible teaches us that we were made in God's image. In other words, we were made for relationship. Each and every one of you were made for relationship with one another and relationship with God. So we talked about that in the first week. The second week, um, Alex talked about the story from Samuel about learning how to distinguish God's voice. How do you recognize God's voice? And so we talked a little bit about tuning our hearts to hear His voice. And so tonight we're going to kind of land the plane as we talk about hearing God's voice. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we want to hear God's voice. The things we want to hear from God. Before we get into that, let me begin by kind of helping us to engage um, Why do we need God's voice in the first place? Why do we need God to speak to us? Like, we do pretty well living life on our own, don't we? No? Okay. You guys are actually telling me, no. First service was like, chuckles like the first time, but you guys are like, straight up, like, no, not a good idea, Jay, not a good idea. No, of course, like, man, oh, man. Just think for a second about life without the voice of God. Oof. Life without the voice of God. And for a lot of us, like we struggle so much in life with so many different things. Like how many of you often feel constantly depleted, lacking energy and strength and grace? <laughs> Like, there's a reason why we have a coffee ministry at Coastal, right? (laughs) The Lord knows y'all are tired. Or a lot of us are carrying around wounds and hurts and bitterness, and we're in need of God to heal us. Or for, for a lot of us, it feels like we have to make 100 decisions in the run of a week, maybe even sometimes the run of a day. And we just get tired and we don't know what to do so often. Or maybe one of the greatest needs in our lives is actually to grow. And we know that wherever we're at in our walk with God, whether we're the first time to church here tonight or we've been a Christian for 40 years and everything in between, often the reason why we come to church is because we want to become a better person. Or in particular, we want to become the person that God wants us to be, right? Right? But as we look in the mirror, we see where we're at right now, and we see where God wants to take us, and we're like, man, you get so discouraged sometimes because, you know, there's so much more that God has to change in my life. And so you struggle. So often we're like sheep without a shepherd. We need direction, and we need healing, and we need so many things. Like, we need, we need, we need. How many of y'all know? We're all needy people. I'm a needy person. I get all kinds of needs. But the truth is, we're all needy people. And the thing, arguably, we need the most is the word from the Father for us. Because God actually meets so many of our needs through his word to us personally. So many of our needs are met that way. But oftentimes, we actually won't go to God to get that stuff because we can be so distracted and so many things tune out the voice of God, that it's hard for us to actually go to God in prayer and ask him for those specific words for what we need. So oftentimes, God has to allow us to go through seasons of suffering and affliction to get our attention, so we actually ask God for the thing that we need. God loves us so much, he will allow seasons of suffering to get us back on track towards him. If you don't believe me, just read the book of Judges. The whole book of Judges is a cycle of People being distracted, turning to other gods, not listening, God allowing major affliction to come to the people of God. They repent, come back to God, hear his voice, and God blesses and restores the relationship. And that happens over and over and over again. And oftentimes in our own relationship with God, God has to allow seasons of suffering and affliction so that we're actually convinced in our own heart that we need God's voice. And that's not really fun. As we look tonight in the scriptures, of an instance where God spoke a word to someone that went through terrible suffering and hardship, we're going to look at the story of Job tonight. And the story of Job, if you have a chance to read it, it's, it's, it's written in poetry. It's wisdom literature, and it's, it's kind of in the style of poetry. But the story of Job is just, it's a brutal story. It's a story of suffering, and if you read Job hoping to find the problem, to solve the answer for why there's so much evil and suffering in the world, I just want to give you a heads up before you read 42 chapters of Scripture, you're going to be disappointed. Because the book of Job does not seek to answer the question, why is there evil and suffering in the world? Matter of fact, the book of Job, Job doesn't even get an answer in the whole book of why he had to suffer. Because that's not the author's intent. The author's intent in the book of Job was to answer the question, is God actually good? Is he just? Does he run the world with justice? And so Job's reason for suffering never gets revealed, but suffer he did. Job, Imagine this for a second. Just put yourself in Job's shoes for here for a second. Job lost all of his property. Okay? Imagine that. You lost your house, your land, your boat, the whole nine yards. You lost everything. Then you lose all your children to tragedy. All of them. And then after all that's done, you get afflicted with a physical affliction, an illness and sickness that you're in constant pain all the time. Man, it's brutal. It's terrible. It's awful. And then on top of all this, Job Experiences something terrible even after that. I don't know about you, but when I go through times of like hardship and difficulty, like I usually call like my best friend or like um, I want people around me when I'm going through difficult things. And that could be everything from like a hardship to like a man cold. Y'all have any of you men have a man cold before and you want someone to take care of you? I'm one of those dudes, all right? I confess. But when we're going through suffering, we want someone to commiserate with us. We want someone to, like, walk with us through difficult times. And you think of Job, being in the hardship that he's in, you'd think that, like, his friends would come to his aid and kind of encourage him and walk with him and support him and comfort him and pray for him. But you know what they do? The three friends come to Job. You know what they tell him? They tell Job, because you're a dirty sinner... You're experiencing all this hardship. Nice. Real encouraging there, friends. So Job spends literally like 30 chapters of Scripture going back and forth with his friends, defending himself, saying, I actually have not sinned, with his three friends back and forth, trying to defend himself. And it comes to the end of that passage of Scripture, and Job actually challenges God. Have any of y'all ever challenged God before? How'd that go? <laughs> and, then, and then Job actually demands God to answer. Any, any of y'all ever demand something from God before? You read the Psalms, there's all kinds of honesty towards God, and God's got big shoulders. He wants honesty from your heart, and that's one of the beautiful things about a relationship with God, is we can be raw, honest. He actually, the Scripture actually teaches us, you desire honesty from the inward parts. God wants to be honest. us to be honest with Him. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it, but there is a warning here. When you're raw, honest with God, like Job was in this passage of Scripture, like, God will answer. He will respond. And sometimes it's not in the kind of word that we want from God. Because I could probably tell you right now, in Job chapter 39, Job probably didn't want the word he got from God that rang on for the next four chapters. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why the Lord says to Job, brace yourself. Some translations say, dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Woof. And so for the next four chapters of Scripture, God takes Job on a virtual tour of the universe and explains to him about the origin of the universe and how God held everything together, and he questions Job about all this, thinking that Job thinks he knows better. So this is some of what, the Lord questions Job with. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? He's saying, in other words, Job, were you there? Or who shut the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud ways be stayed. God formed the mountains, set the oceans in their place, said to the ocean, you can only come this far. And he's like, Job, do you ever know anything about that? I'm playing here a little bit, but that's what he's asking. He's asking Job. He's walking Job through the process of, hum- of humility in a good way. He's humbling Job. He asks the question, have you commanded the mornings since your days began? You see, God oversees the entire universe. That's the kind of God we're talking about here. He's way bigger than what Job even understood We serve a God that sustains the universe right now, that commands the cosmos. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Job got a word from God he probably didn't want, but he needed. And it helped him actually broaden his view of who God actually was. Brought him to humility, and as a matter of fact, Because of his humility, God was able to entrust him with a whole lot more if you read the end of the story. God blessed Job in the latter days of his life. Now, sometimes God gives us a word that we don't want, but God actually welcomes us to ask him for words that we do want. So the question I want to ask you here tonight is, what kind of word do you want from God? In other words, based on your needs here tonight, What is it that you want God to speak to you about? And I think tonight I want to tackle three different categories of words that, in one time or another, we probably want from God. And I'll start off with a guiding word. And this is probably the word that a lot of us across the room could probably relate with. How many of you have ever asked God and prayed and said, God, would you show me what to do? God, would you show me what path to take? Would you give me wisdom in this particular situation? God, show me what to do. Many of us have prayed those kinds of prayers, asking God to direct us and show us and and, and lead us with what to do. And on so many different things. There's so many different things that we've asked God for wisdom for. Maybe you've asked God, Lord, how on earth do I parent this kid? Or maybe you're the kid and you're like, Lord, show me how to deal with my mom and dad. Or maybe, how do I navigate this challenge as I keep having with my marriage? Or, how do I deal with this conflict? Do we sell our home? Do I change jobs? And everything from small and big, there's all kinds of stuff that we just need to make decisions on, but how often are we just unsure what to do? Right? So many complexities in life and so many decisions to be made, and it almost is like par- paralyzing. It makes us feel so lost because there's so many decisions it feels like we have to make. And it'd be easy if there's just like one decision. How many all know there's more than one decision to make in the run of a day? And oftentimes what happens is you and I actually get decision fatigue we end up having to try to make so many different decisions, we actually get dis- tired of making decisions. Don't believe me? All right, that's fair. Let's, let's do this a little bit. How many have ever struggled to make a decision on supper? <laughs> See, y'all got decision fatigue and you didn't even know it. It's supper. As my friend Alex says, it's not that deep. But why do we struggle to make a decision on supper? It's like, if it's Tuesdays, it's Taco Tuesday, like, right? We struggle with making those little decisions because there's so many other decisions we've made. We get tired of making decisions, and I would argue, maybe more importantly, there's so many decisions that aren't made yet that are in the back of our mind. We have open loops that aren't closed that we need wisdom for, and we just simply don't know what to do. That's one of the reasons why we get decision fatigue. We need wisdom and guidance. Like, how many decisions do you have going on in your head and heart right now that you need God's wisdom for? I bet you you there'd be a lot of them that are in this room that you need wisdom for one situation or another because I know it's true because life is so complex. And the good news is, is that we can ask God for that And he actually wants to give it to us. He wants us to ask him for that word. I was reading uh, for those of you that have a U Version Bible app on your phone, and if you don't have one, I encourage you to download it. The verse of the day on Wednesday was James chapter one verse five, and it says, "If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and he will give it. It will be given to him." I know that translation is a little different, but if anyone lacks wisdom, Do you lack wisdom to know what to do in big and small decision-making in your life? What's the instruction from Scripture for you to do? Ask God, and what will he do? He'll give it to you. The Father wants to give you a guiding word so you actually know what to do in those decisions, both big and small, because he loves you. So many of us will ask God for that guiding word. Some of us will ask God for... An empowering word. I mentioned earlier, I asked about feeling tired and, and not having to get up and go and not having the energy. And that's true for so many people. Like, we just lack that power. Or maybe it's a courage thing. Maybe we don't have the courage to face some of the things that we need to face. And we feel like, God, would you give me the courage I need to face some of the giants that are in my life that I need to kind of tackle? Or whatever the case may be, we feel like we lack that strength inside of us. And part of it is we've just become so depleted. We've gotten so played out, and we haven't fed our souls, and our mind and our will and our emotions are just so depleted, we don't have the inner resources, the strength that God wants to give us, the grace enabled by God to do what we're called to do. So that's often. It's not just like having another nap won't fix it. Like you need to feed your soul. You need, and you know how to feed your soul? You eat this thing right here. It's the Word of God, which is our daily bread, right? Many of our souls are depleted because we haven't eaten the food that God has provided for us. It's the Word of God. And I think a lot of us struggle with resilience, and resilience is this ability to bounce back in the face of adversity. This ability to bounce back when you're faced with something. Let me ask you a question. How, much, how many of you in one way or another, over the past month or so, have faced adversity. You'd face something that you had to push back against or, or hardship or some kind of difficulty. Many of us have faced adversity before, and I want to do a little illustration to talk about resilience here. I did take this off a tree downstairs, so just don't tell no one. I'm joke. I did, but it was a joke that no one laughed at. Okay, <laughs> I was just finished reading this book called Leadership Pain, which was in a. It was like God's word to me. I just, and that's one of the things about God using books. God can use books to speak directly to your life. But one of the things He talked about is this idea of resilience, and based on the adversity that some of us have gone through after over the last month, year, three years, five years, whatever. Um, Some of us have lost that ability to bounce back, to be resilient in the face of adversity. And Richard Swanson uh, is a medical doctor, and in the book he was meeting with a bunch of leaders, and he brought this branch up on stage. And he talked about how oftentimes when you put pressure on a tree branch, it has this ability to snap back and bounce back pretty quickly. But over time, if you have unrelenting stress and anxiety and adversity all the time, your ability to bounce back actually lessens. It's a prolonged bouncing back. And I think for a lot of us, because of the adversity and things we're faced with, we've lost that ability to be inwardly resilient. And I think one of the reasons is is adversity, but one of the other reasons is just we haven't really come to God to receive that empowering word, that daily bread that we need from him. And so I would just say that if you feel like you're struggling with inward energy and inward grace and ability to do what God's called you to do, I'd encourage you to start spending time daily reading the scriptures. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at how God would begin to minister to you and give you grace and strength and power. And So maybe this morning, or this evening, I preach this morning, so that's why I'm saying this this morning. (laughs) Maybe this evening you need to ask God for an empowering word. And maybe the application for you is actually to start a daily rhythm of reading the scriptures. Maybe it's just the verse of the day on the Bible app. But maybe you need that empowering word. Or maybe it's not the empowering word that you want that's fresh on your heart. Maybe it's not the guiding word that's fresh that you want that's on your heart. But maybe the thing that's on your heart that you want from God, because it's so raw and fresh in you, is you need a healing word from God for your spirit. Maybe you're busted up on the inside. Maybe you've been hurt and wounded by other people. And you need God to speak a healing word into your spirit. Maybe you're struggling with bitterness and resentment, and you need God to heal you from that brokenness. You know, I was so thankful this past week. I messaged Tom Can, our pa- campus pastor at South Church, and their Celebrate Recovery ministry is just rocking. And combined at Coastal and Celebrate, Re- or, sorry, combined at Coastal and South Church at Celebrate Recovery, we had 90 people show up this past week. <laughs> Amazing. You know why 90 people, most of them showed up to celebrate recovery? Because they were seeking a healing word from the Father. Because they believe that God wants to heal them. And the truth is, God does want to heal them. Amen? I think a lot of us in this room, maybe even, we're walking around with an inner limp. And we're walking around with an inner limp because we've been hurt by words or actions or behaviors of someone else. And we ask God to heal us. And oftentimes, God's healing doesn't come like this. It's usually a process. But man, oh man, I got to tell you, when you have those moments where you are in a relationship with God and you just have those moments with the Father when you actually experience God being close to you. You experience the Father being near and dear to you. and There's almost these moments you have with God, and they're not all the time, where you are just overwhelmed with a sense of God's love for you. Where, I don't know, for me, it's often when I'm listening to worship music and I'm just reminded of how much God loves me. And in those moments, I can hear his voice over my life saying, Jason, I love you. Jason, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. Or, Jason, I'm sorry that you feel so hurt. It's in those moments that we hear the voice of God to us that we feel saw, understood, and heard by God that God begins to do a healing work in our lives. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 5, that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You see, God is a God who bleeds, who weeps, a God who has suffered, a God that by his stripes we are healed, A God that sees every single one of your hurts and loves you and wants to heal you and wants to restore you and wants to speak that healing word into your spirit. So maybe many of you are asking, God, would you give me a healing word from you? I need you to heal my broken spirit. And maybe you need to hear that from the Father. So those are words that we often want from God. We want, we pray, and I pray, and you pray, and we all pray, God, would you give me guidance? God, would you bring healing in my life? God, would you empower me to do what I need to do? Those are words that we want from God. But just to flip the script a little bit as we get ready to land the plane, what if we change the question from what what word do we want from God to what kind of word does God want to give to us? See the difference? What kind of word does God want to give to us? And sometimes it's the silent word. Sometimes it's a season of silence. And that helps us understand that God isn't merely just some genie and it's ask, receive, ask, receive, ask, receive. But he's bigger than just that. He's not merely a spiritual vending machine. He's bigger than that. And he's not scared of walking with us in seasons of silence. I don't know about you, but I don't, really like silence a lot. If I go for a drive with someone for six hours, I want to have back and forth dialogue probably the whole time because I'm an extrovert. Some of you introverts are saying, man, I'm glad I'm not driving with you, Jay. I'd be taking a nap. But I'm just, I love to have conversation. And so with, even with God, I just want it to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all the time with God. And sometimes there are seasons of silence and sometimes it's in those silences where God seems to be silent. Not silent, but seems to be silent. Those are the, those are the moments where we have like things like dark nights of the soul. Where God takes us on a journey and we come to the end of our strength. And it teaches us to wait and trust in God. It teaches us a deeper trust in God's goodness when it doesn't seem like God is all being that good to you. God gives you a deeper revelation of who he is. And sometimes we have to go through seasons of sifting. Sifting isn't all that fun. We can ask Peter about that in the scriptures. Seasons of sifting when we have no strength or, 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 and it's how God builds our faith. And it's a process. Sifting is this process of us, God forming new character and changing our perspectives and putting fresh truth in its place and former habits being discarded and wrong tendencies that you and I have being abandoned. That's a season of sifting. And that ain't all that fun. That's not a season that you and I actually want. Trust me, you don't want a season of sifting. But God may allow a season of sifting to uproot some stuff that have been formed in us the wrong way. Because here's the deal, church. You and I have been formed the wrong way. The Bible teaches us that we've been formed in sin. And so our attitudes, our perspectives, our values, our opinions... So much of the things that we hold near and dear to our heart, a lot of them have been formed the wrong way. And so we feel and think differently. We have these convictions and things that are filled with emotion and passion about certain things that actually go against what the scripture teaches. And that's because we were born in sin and we live in a culture that's formed by sin that wants to form you the wrong way. You know the culture wants to form your attitudes and opinions and perspectives a certain way? I mean, just look at Facebook and the ads that come up on your Facebook feed. They're listening, (laughs) right? And they want to form you to think and feel a certain way. Isn't that crazy? It's true. It's because we live in a world formed by sin. Now, here's the deal is, you know how hard it is? To break a worldview, to change a perspective, to replace a value that we've had for 10, 20, 30 years. You know how hard it is to break that stuff that's been ingrained into us? You know what kind of power it takes to actually transform that stuff? It takes a whole lot of power. How many of y'all know, I said this in the first service, and everyone just laughed at me, and one guy said, yeah, I know how stubborn you are, but how many of y'all know we can be stubborn? Okay, two people, and the rest of you are just like, you're stubborn, Jay. That's what someone said the first service. It was funny. But yes, we, we, are, like, we are stubborn. We get so like bent on our own attitudes and perspectives and opinions, and we don't want to change. And so God has to bring us to a season where we humble ourselves before God and say, God, like, you're just and you're good. And there's stuff in my life that needs to change. So would you do a work in my life? Would you give me that maturing word? I'll tell you right now that Job didn't want the maturing word from God, but it radically changed him forever. And I don't want the maturing word from God. But you know what I do want? I do want God to make me into the person he wants me to be. And I want that so bad. And I guess I'd ask you the question, do you want to become the person that God wants you to be? If you want that, God wants to speak his maturing word to you, to change your attitudes and opinions and perspectives and replace them with his, and that's a process. And I can almost guarantee it's probably not a word that you and I want, but that we need. And the Father will give us what we need and not what we want at times. You know why? Because he loves you. God loves you just the way you are, but too much to keep you that way. I invite the worship team to come. So God does give us the words that we want. Don't get me wrong, I encourage you, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for power. Ask God to heal your broken spirit. Ask God to do those things. But he also speaks the words we don't always want, but we need. The silent word and the maturing word. And he does all that because he loves each and every one of us. So here's three things I want to suggest to you this week to do. To hear the Father's voice. Before you start reading the Scripture, I encourage you to start reading a chapter a day, a verse a day. Before you start, say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Just that. If you're new to prayer, just say that to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me as I read the Scripture? Read whatever you're reading. After you're done reading, Stop, slow down, and listen to what you feel the Father is speaking to you. And you'll be amazed at times at the stuff that God whispers into your heart. And yes, there will be the distinguishing, is that you, God? (laughs) Is that you, God? And you'll be amazed at how many times God actually speaks to you. That's one thing I want to suggest to you. The second thing I want to suggest to you is this. Read a book from a Christian author that speaks to the season of life that you're in. Maybe you're struggling with parenting. Find a recommended Christian author that speaks to parenting. Read the book. It's amazing to me how many books I've read for different seasons of life that I'm in by a Christian author that has spoke so directly to my life as if they knew what was going on in my life. So go on Amazon, buy a book for 25 bucks written by a great Christian author, and let them speak into your life. That's the second thing. The third thing I want to suggest for you to do is this. Find someone that you feel like has a close relationship with God and ask them to pray for you. And after they pray for you, I want you to ask them a very specific question. After they pray for you, ask them, did you sense anything from the Lord for me? Because often that person that's praying for you, they're praying for you and ministering to you, but they're also getting a sense from the Lord for stuff for your life. And you always verify it with Scripture and other people But it's been amazing in my own life how many times someone's prayed for me. And oftentimes, even after they pray without asking, they'll get say, I just get this sense that dot, 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 dot. And I can't tell you some of the most encouraging words I've gotten from God has happened that way. And in particular, if you're waiting on something, you're needing something from God, ask someone to pray for you. And then ask them, did you get anything from the Lord for me as you were praying? Did you have any sense from the Holy Spirit? So that's what I want to lay before you for this week as an application of the message. God is speaking to each and every one of us in this room. And he's speaking because he loves you. And he longs to have a relationship with you. So if you don't get anything out of this message tonight, hear this. The Father loves you. And he is speaking to you. Have the ears to listen to what the Father is speaking to you tonight. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.